I'm Stephen John Drew from the official GunnaGeek.com show, a weekly geek news podcast that is a part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Stand by for a brand new episode of All Things Good and Nerdy. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to episode 447 of the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast slash show slash whatever the hell you want to call us. This is recorded live on Sunday, May 23rd, 2021. My name is Chris. I'm joined by my regular host today. But before we get there, 447, meaning that we're 53 weeks away from 500. 53 weeks oh, away. Oh, shit. What do you think about that, Mr. Bachman? Oh, shit. <laughs> That's all I got. Just ah shit. Five hundred is a lot. That works, Mister Willie D. Nelson. How does the prospect of five hundred sound to you? I'm gonna be five hundred years old. Yep. And you look it. That sucks. What would be wrong with being five hundred? Assuming that you could stop aging before you become more. Excuse me. Before you become frail, and so the you wouldn't be stuck in a bad stage in life for 500 years. Let's say you could stop aging at 26, Willie, and live 500 years. Would you have done it? That means I have to live with a long time with gout. That looks, that sounds terrible. Okay, what was the age? Go a year before you found your gout symptoms or before gout occurred. So we'll assume it doesn't happen from that point. I was a virgin. <laughs> well, you, you wouldn't have to be. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, he has to be. No, okay, so that means you, you have to be a virgin those 500 years if you were a virgin when this date was hit. <laughs> he doesn't seem happy about this prospect. <laughs> I'm joking, Willie. But yeah, okay. Oh, okay. Let, let, so the hypothetical is if you could live 500 years at your ideal age, would you do it? Uh, guaranteed not to die. You will live 500 years. So you are guaranteed not to die in that 500 year span. Yeah, sure. Why not? In what age I mean, would that be for you, Will? means I don't have to eat. I don't have to drink water. I could just be. Okay, I let's caveat this. Guaranteed gonna, he's going to play a lot of jackbox. Oh. Guaranteed not to die so long as you are doing the normal things that the body needs to sustain itself. So you will still have to eat oh. and to drink and things like that. 500 years of pooping. It's a lot of toilet paper. That's a lot of pooping. <laughs> Why would you have to use toilet paper if you don't die? You're just going to run around with a dirty butt? Who the fuck cares? You're, you're like 300-something by this point. Who cares? Yeah, he's the immortal dirty butt Willie. <laughs> I'm trying to understand your logic here. We could be 300 <laughs> years no into logic. the future. I mean, There's I guess you could no have logic. like you could have laser butt wipers or something like that. You just push a button and it goes and cleans your butt. That'd be pretty cool. Just take a water enema every time. Boom. I don't know about that'll, enema, but you could use a bidet, I suppose. That'll be on the eighth season of Love, Death, and Robots. Laser butt wipes. I mean, I think the laser idea has merit. Lights pass through and your butt's clean. How awesome would that be? I don't think that lasers work like that. Well, we'll have technology that's a little different. That's don't think that will change how lasers actually work. You could I think use Chris lasers is just looking to forward do to this. laser butt wipes. Don't shit on his dream, man. I mean, hey, 
as far as dreams go, this is one that is probably semi-achievable at some point in time and would make a big difference in life. Remember, when this pandemic started, what was one of the things that was hard to find? GD toilet paper, man. You couldn't find mm-hmm. it anywhere. That's why 15. a bunch of people bought bidets. But if we had a laser butt wiper, who cares? You just push the button and your butt's clean. 15 years after that technology gets debuted, it's going to be found to actually get uh, kind of give people cancer. Maybe. You know what else That's I want? I also happen. want the ability to yeah. hit Everything a button and have a laser shave my head for me. Especially That'd be awesome. California. I want that too. Yeah. I would like to not have to shave my head. Wouldn't that be great? You just kind of stick your head in this device, push a button, and the hair's gone. And then you do it every couple days to shave your head. That'd be sweet. Brain cancer. Maybe. Well, maybe not. Depends on how well hey, tested it is. Hey, you're going to get cancer anyway, so might as well enjoy your head laser and your butt laser. Well, you're going to live for 500 years. You'll be fine. As long as you do the basics in human life to take care of yourself. You have to live for the rest of your life with cancer? I mean, we would assume that as long as you're doing the basics, nothing is going to happen that's going to kill you. We didn't go too far down this path to figure out if you got cancer in year one, it meant you'd have it for 500 years. I would assume no in this analogy that we're crafting because we're talking the idyllic life here. Yeah, because otherwise that would suck. Yeah. 500 years of chemo treatments would not be enjoyable. No. Just ask Deadpool. It'll happen to him. Exactly. How long is Deadpool going to have like a longer life? Deadpool is technically immortal, I think. Mm-hmm. Just like Wolverine? Mm-hmm. Wolverine's not immortal. Yeah, he is. Depends on the story you want to go with. Old Man Logan means he got old. Means there's a definite end. In that story, there is. Well, I'm not talking about that story, but I'm just saying he gets old. But he's not dead. Is that not technically canon? I don't know if it is or not. No, because it's it's one of the end stories. Just like the the Fantastic Four final story, the Hulk, the end. None of the stories, I mean, they they are canon, but they aren't. And the Old Man Logan one was actually used as an alternate universe in the, the last Secret Wars. So it's not... It's not canon to be the end of the current Marvel 616 universe. Yeah, I don't know what's canon anymore and what's not, though, to be. It is hard to keep up on. Like Willie's brain was. Not anymore. I tied it back. Like a ponytail. I wish you would use tie dye instead. What is it you want me to tie dye, Willie? I don't know. Can you make me a shirt? What, what colors do you want? Uh, uh, throw some orange and some blue in there. Orange yeah. and blue? Yeah. yeah, he wants to be just a like most. Well, I was going to say just like most movie posters do. I was going to say orange and blue so you could remember losing a bet that caused him to shave his beard. <laughs> Live on it the is. air. I was just it thinking is. about movie posters. But if you want to be the asshole and think about that, go for it. <laughs> no, I was Always. doing a callback to an earlier episode of the podcast. How much earlier would you say that was? Almost 500 episodes. It was probably in the 200s, if I had to guess, on the episode More count. More than likely. I mean, I, I don't honestly remember. I can go back through the show notes and try and find it right now, but I'm kind of lazy. So I, I don't know that I want to do Smart. Fair enough. Simple fact of life there, but I'm lazy. But not lazy that enough. Was, go ahead. That was, that was life before I had a bell buddy. Oh, God. That's right. Do you still have your bell? It's over there. I'm not reaching for it. I didn't ask you to reach for it. I was just asking if you had your bell. 
Well, now you know that I'm not going to reach for it. Thank you. Do y'all know there's a Lego Infinity Gauntlet now? Doesn't surprise me, but uh, I did not know that it existed. It's in the series, like they did the the helmets, like Darth Vader's head, the oh, Stormtrooper oh, yeah, helmet. Yeah. I did actually see that then. Yeah, they did Spider-Man's head, Venom's head, Carnage head, and they just released a Infinity Gauntlet that's done like to the same scale, and it's on a stand. Yeah, they have. And a it's few... actually not bad. It's only seventy bucks. Yeah, I saw those. Now that you mentioned it, I remember seeing it when I was at a Barnes and Noble last week. But I got more distracted by the fact they had the NES Lego set there, which I'll never buy because it's too expensive. But I was like, I would love to build the Nintendo Entertainment System Lego yeah. kit. That, that is a weird fun. looking set too. Why? Because I like Legos building are Legos. Fun. You just make it out of regular Legos it's a box with two different colors. Done. <laughs> but that's not as fun. No, it's not. Are are you equating expensiveness with fun? No, I'm equating the building of the Lego set with fun. Yes. It's a little box with two different colors. That's a Nintendo Entertainment System. Good. And I already have Central Perk, and they added two more friend sets. And on the Lego site, it's actually called The One with Two Apartments. Mm. Following the naming convention of the TV show, they actually did uh, Monica and Rachel's purple apartment and then joey and chandler's apartment and it comes with like the foosball table and the duck and the chicken and the canoe i, I don't get friends i just think it passed me by i didn't live in the states when it became never big. watched it so maybe i own all it. 10 seasons on dvd so <laughs> but do you have any friends? what <laughs> like two i have like two that's enough yeah yeah it, it does it, i don't need many more than that I'm okay. Going back to the Legos, though, did you guys see they're doing a <laughs> Lego Daily Bugle set this week that was announced? Oh, I did not see a Daily yeah, Bugle it, set. it's going to be expensive because it's hella tall. It's got like 10 different minifigs in it. Yeah, it's going to be nuts. Is it that, uh, I can't think of the name of the building, but the building in New York that they used for the Bugle in the Sam Raimi ones? No, it, it looks like a skyscraper, not like the flat iron kind of thing or whatever. That it's the, not the flat iron one? No. As I love so, when they made the Flatiron one because that's one of the most recognizable New York buildings. So I love the idea that like that was the Daily Bugle. Mm-hmm. Is that the most unrealistic thing in superhero movies that a uh, newspaper can own an entire skyscraper now? <laughs> it's getting there. I mean, <laughs> especially in today's world where you don't really have to have a populated newsroom, you can do a lot of that online. You're not too far uh, yeah. off. Well, yeah, I specifically said newspaper, yeah. not a news media outlet, a news. Well, I mean, but that's the thing company. now. Most of these newspapers have been bought up by news media outlets of some kind or some conglomerate that makes up like six different newspaper entities with this news company and things like that. They're, they're not, they're none of them, excuse me, none of them really stand alone anymore. Okay, this Daily Bugle set does look freaking awesome, though. Yeah, but isn't it like 300 bucks? Who cares? It's got <laughs> okay, it's fair. got a Doc Ock. It's got a Gwen Stacy. It's got a Goblin throwing pumpkin bombs. It's got Mysterio, Carnage, Venom. It's I got. Think. I don't see Carnage and Venom. At least Carnage, not in like it? the first photo. But it's got Daredevil. It's got Sandman. There's a new stand out front. A little taxi. And it actually has like a a billboard out front. That or actually, I guess it's supposed to be like a big screen TV. With J. Jonah Jameson on it yelling and like yep. talking to like people like talking heads on a show. You're gonna get sand all in your Legos, and that's never fun. That is true. Sand is coarse and it's awful. 
It's rough and it gets everywhere. What does any know. of these have to do with the Daily Bugle? There's all sorts of Spider-Man fights that take place outside the Daily Bugle. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, the minifigs. Spider-Man. Yeah, it does have Carnage in the minifigs in yeah, the list. Scorpion does have... Scorpion makes sense because what, wasn't he like made by... Oh, Black Cat? J. Jonah Jameson? Yes, but he I don't see Scorpion like, in there. Spider Pig's it. in there. Wait, what? I don't see no Spider Pig on the As I'm scrolling site. through the pictures of the set on the Lego site. Oh, that's, that's crazy. Sad. And the Spider Mobile's going up the side of the building. Oh, that's very Oh, sad. yeah. You gotta love the Spider Mobile. No, you don't. Why don't yes, you love you do. the Spider Mobile, Willie? Oh, and it looks like Why Miles. Why would he a... want to be stuck in New York traffic when he could just be web slinging? Well, it could drive the, on buildings, though, too. Yeah, the Spider-Mobile sticks to walls just like Spider-Man does. How? Magic? Because it's a Spider-Mobile. Comics? Uh, is it canon in the in the comic? Because I know it's canon in the 90s show, the cartoon show, that his webbing dissipates after like an hour. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's also like that in the comics. Yes. Uh, side note, yeah. there's 25 yeah. minifigs in this set. Yeah, I... I might have to get Jesus. that. One. Punisher, Daredevil, to... Mysterio, Blade, Peter Parker, Spider Man, Betty Brant, Jonah, Ben Eric, Aunt May, Gwen Stacy, Robbie Robertson, Miles Morales, Doc Ock, The Ghost Spider, Ron Barney, Venom, Carnage, Firestar, Bernie the Cab Driver, Spider Ham, Amber <laughs> Grant, Black Cat, Sandman, and Green Goblin. It's a pretty uh, full. It has been added to my wish set. list. I don't know if they're actually still available. It's 82 centimeters tall, the Daily Bugle. Uh, it's coming soon on January 1st. Three centimeters tall. Yeah, you can't even like add it to cart on Lego. So okay. like it's not even available for pre-order yet. It just says coming soon. But yeah, it is a $300 set. But Yeah, no, I saw Dan awesome. Slott talking about it on Twitter. And he's like, I'm not going to buy this. No, I'm not going to buy this. And at the end, he's like, I think I might buy it. <laughs> Oh, he's going to buy it. And then he was also Actually, like, I'm... hey, Lego, how about a guy that rode Spider-Man for 10 years? Can he get a comp yeah. set? <laughs> or something yeah. to that effect. I'd be surprised if Marvel just doesn't get him one. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. Hey, here you go, Dan. Mar- Marvel could also be like, you can only have this when you're caught up on all your books. <laughs> <laughs> now, that would be funny. <laughs> yeah, because I, I got the Carnage head. That's the only head I've ordered so far of those sets. Just the Carnage head looks really cool. The teeth design is really well made. Yeah. But then again, we already have way too many cops, way too that's... many Legos to build. I know, right? I Legos. Sounds like you're trying to buy a horse. We've got oh, like twelve hundred well, teeth are all nice. We've got like twelve hundred dollars worth of Legos in our fucking storage unit for as soon as we get the house. We got like two years worth of sets to build. <laughs> well, you start with the Daily Bugle then and build around it. Actually, we're probably going to start with a Diagon Alley because I got my girl Diagon Alley, which she really wanted. Uh, that is a huge set. That one also comes with like 20 minifigs. Willie loves Harry Potter, so he's really excited. That's true. He's a big fan look, of the Look Potter. at this look on Willie's face of excitement he, about building a Harry Potter Lego set. He's Willie's so a full excited. on pothead. Willie, are you a Potterhead? <laughs> you don't like the Potter? And it's supposed to be like Mr. Potter. He said, "I have three. What do I have three of? Friends. That's my. Uh, that's my oh, Gruber impersonation. Friends. That's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone loves it in Die Hard when he goes, Mister Parker. No, it says Mister Takaki. 
I'm an exceptional thief. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I meant it was his role as the metronome in Dogma. The metronome? The the thing that ticks back and forth and keeps time? That's pretty much what I heard in the movie. If it was a different <laughs> word, then oh well. It's Christian mythology. What do you want from me? No, he was the Megatron. The voice of God. The Megatron. He really the hates Megatron's Starscream. the voice of God? Yeah. He hates Starscream. Hates him. And he's as anatomically incorrect as a Ken doll. And he's going to get Optimus Prime one day. That's right. Damn you, Autobots. Because he wants the all spark. Stupid. Is that like a is that is that like a spark plug that will never ever die out? Mm -hmm. It's an unending spark plug. It's the best spark plug ever. It's how Optimus's MPG is so good. He gets like ninety six miles per gallon because of the all spark. (laughs) Just because of the all spark. Just because that doesn't make any sense. He's an eighteen wheeler. But the AllSpark is that efficient, 96 miles per gallon. That is pretty awesome. Yeah. Especially did, did yeah, you, for a, a semi-trailer. Did you know they didn't measure monster trucks in um, miles to the gallon? It's gallons to the mile. That sounds about, about right. right. Yeah. They got some big old tires. You could also old, use the, uh, the commercial Gen 1 Hummer that people could buy. Back in the early 2000s, that same way, I think. There's a guy I went to school with that drove one of those. We all ripped on, like, how many mi- how many uh, gallons of gas did you burn to get to school today? <laughs> well, I'm glad you introduced our new guest like that, because who can tell us about Hummers? It's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Let's please introduce him, everybody. Is this a Willie impersonation? Are you going to be Arnold? Oh, hell no. <laughs> I was hoping Bach was. Get, I don't think my Arnold's in the chopper. Good. Oh, thank you, Bachman. You're welcome. I was looking at Chris for <laughs> Who is your daddy and what does he do? And what does he do? <laughs> Chris, give me, about like four hour, give me about five hours to be in your town and we'll find out who's your daddy and what you do. <laughs> oh, shit. That sounds like a threat. I'm glad Willie doesn't know where I live. Morgantown. Yes. Do you know how big Morgantown is? Uh, all I need to do is find the neighborhood with the dildo car, and I'm pretty sure I'll <laughs> Wait, know dildo, right where you live. Dildo car, no playground, and a bunch of townhouses with only one jackass kid running around. I You've narrowed it down quite a lot, Chris. Except for the dildo yeah. car, because that's the only you, one that matters. I live You've in a college town. Do you think this is the only lot, place Chris. that had a dildo car? <laughs> <laughs> okay, he's got a point there. He's got a point there. Yes. Not the only dildo car neighborhood. Yeah, there's there's probably other dildo cars driving around. I just don't know about them. How many have you seen? Two. I've seen zero. Okay. How does that make you feel? Bachman, how many dildo cars have you seen in your lifetime? Only the one that Chris showed us me a picture of. I don't think I've ever seen a dildo car in real you life. Could say it's like a unicorn. I have also seen a dildo moped when I was in Belgium. Yeah, it's Belgium. Yeah, well, no, it was more of a prank on one of the dudes at school. Is someone uh, glued a dildo to his moped seat, right in the middle of it, sticking straight up? Well, why'd you do it so it goes straight down? Because when you then sat on the seat, you either had to straddle it or have it basically ride up your butt crack the whole way unless you wanted to ride the dildo was the thought. If it's straddling your butt crack, then you have extra stability. 
I mean, but you're also really far up on the seat, so you don't really have much room to steer properly. I've never ridden a moped, so I had a I moped know. in Belgium. It was great. For those that are unaware of what we're talking about with the dildo car, <laughs> we'll go back in time. This is probably 300 episodes or so at this point in time. I've talked about before how I live in a college town, and there's college shenanigans that go on. And I went to go check my mail before the show, and I was at down at the mailboxes, which is where our guest parking is. And I just started cracking up because there was like a, a Chevy Metro or some Chevy uh, mini-sized car, small-sized, like economy-sized kind of thing, that just had like a dildo suction cupped onto the hood, like right at the front, so it made it look like a, uh, a unicorn. It was quite hilarious to me. So then during the show, I went down there with my phone and connected to the show with the cameras on so I could share it with all of our wonderful viewers. This is the origin of the dildo car. And there was photographic uh, proof. I think I still have the photos somewhere. I just don't know how to search them properly in my Google photos to find it. <laughs> I think I have it saved too. Because <laughs> why would you not save that picture? Shits and giggles? It was entertaining as hell. That's all I know, really. I mean, yeah, every neighborhood should have at least one dildo car, right? It, it led to some really good laughs. There was a lot of entertainment that came out of it. That was the I important mean, thing. I mean, luckily it wasn't my car that something got suction cupped to the hood on because I'm sure that there may have been some slight warping of the hood due to how jammed on that suction cup was. I don't know. <laughs> Nightbot is fighting V and it's hilarious. 13 <laughs> messages deleted by moderator. Holy crap. <laughs> Nightbot just straight up hit her with a Captain America line. I can do this all day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you guys have seen. So angry. I mean, you've seen the car have sex with another car, haven't you? I, I haven't, and I, I'm scared about it. Then you have not seen the movie Southland Tales, which is a pretty good movie. Has a lot of people in it, and you know who comes up with that car having sex with another car commercial? Wallace Shawn, the inconceivable guy. Nice. Also, the Grand Nagus in a. Uh... Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Sure. Okay. I'm just, I'm finding other ways for people to connect appropriately. But I think we've talked enough about dildo cars and reminiscing <laughs> and things like that. I think it might be time to roll on enough? in really? to the news. Is it, it is. The news of the week. <laughs> Live from the ATGN studios on uh, the internet, it's the news of the week. Welcome to the News of the Week. It's that part of the show where we run down what is in our minds. Some of the most interesting geeky and or nerdy news to have popped up here in the last week or so. And then share it on this show. I don't know about you guys, but I have found it to be kind of a slow geek news period right now. Because we're waiting on Comic Con. We're waiting on E3. And there's a whole bunch of stuff that's just not really happening. I'm kind of bummed. It's true. Unless you want to believe like the trash you're seeing reported by places like we got this covered that are like, Brie Larson's going to be out as Captain Marvel again. Brie Larson wants to be in Star Wars, but only if she can be the most powerful Jedi ever and stuff like that. They're still going hard on Brie Larson for some reason. That's because they're idiots. And we all know the most powerful Jedi ever was the one that had badass motherfucker written on his lightsaber. Technically, it was probably Andy Skywalker before he got all his limbs cut off. Do they really think that people care about Brie Larson that much? 
people who hate uh, her do care yeah. that much. Hate draws clicks is the problem. That's why you yeah. constantly see news stories and these supposed experts going on YouTube to share these stories about how the Avengers cast hates her or why Marvel's going to cut her off and things like that now. Is she an anti-vaxxer? No, she's just a woman no, who played a character in the movies that was a strong woman and gives no Fs about people that give her shit in real life and does what she yeah. wants and people don't like it for some reason. I don't understand. And publicly spoke out about the stupid questions that male reporters ask female actors at movie like things. Yeah. And so, yeah, once she actually had an opinion, like, Oh, people lost their shit. Yeah. I don't, amazing. I don't get the distaste that many people have for her other yeah. than the fact that she's outspoken and strong willed and does what she wants and they don't like it. No, well, that, and then they brought her into Marvel and made her the strongest character. And everybody's like, oh, she can't be stronger than Hulk. She can't be stronger than Thor. She's a girl. But you know who did come out as kind of crazy? And I can't remember why exactly off the top of my head. I just remember seeing it. I was like, oh, oh, no. Uh, what was T'Chaka's sister's name? What, uh, Shuri? Shuri? Yeah, that actress. Letitia yeah. uh, Wright, I believe it is. Yeah, yeah, I believe some weird shit. Uh-oh. Did she do something weird? It was a while back. Oh, no, she was... believes some in some weird shit. And she was pushing some anti-vax kind of stuff, too, and then kind of backed uh, off of it when the Marvel heads probably went, what are you doing? <laughs> like, do you like your role? Yeah. Do you want to be black? You see what we did? Nope, not. Nope. Do you see you what see we did, what we did with Captain America? Oh, side we, note, I didn't have this as a news story, we, but evidently uh, the uh, Rangers of the New Republic series has been shelved at this point in time now, too. It was announced. Wait, what's been shelved? The Rangers of the New Republic show or whatever it is that they were going to do. as a oh. Power Rangers I've ever seen. And then this was also on the news that, uh, we, which I probably should have added as news of the week, but I didn't. But it's worth mentioning that Dave Filoni is basically the creative head of Star Wars at Lucasfilm now. Well, I mean, that's in the case they just maybe didn't have well, the title now he has it, a but... title for it i can't remember what the actual <laughs> title is but he is titled that appropriately and congrats to him but at the same time i was also yeah. looking at that and going man what about john favreau how's he getting involved in this too <laughs> give john uh, favreau just... some love yeah but favs will just work on like just the mandalorian where feloni's working on everything that's true because you know feloni's working on the bad batch because it's coming off of clone wars which is you know referencing a lot of the characters he helped create and yeah, all those other shows that anything that's spinning off or out of Rebels, out of Clone Wars, uh, or Resistance, like any of the shows that he was involved with, you know that he's involved in whatever the next step is or the next storytelling part because, yeah, like George handed that dude the reins. I mean, everybody gives shit to Kathleen Kennedy about being basically in charge, but fucking Dave Filoni is the one fucking telling the stories. Yeah. Like she's just signing checks and hiring and firing people. Dave Filoni's telling the shit. Yeah. He's, he's telling the stories outside the three movies we got, which you could oh, argue is part of the say, problem. Yeah. You can blame him for those. I thought no. that's what you mean. Floney wasn't no. involved in the movie. He's been involved in the yeah. TV side of he the He does house. everything else. Yeah. yeah, he just does everything else. And yeah, I mean, and he's the only, he's told more Star Wars stories than anyone. Nobody has been in charge of as many Star Wars stories as Dave Filoni. Like, he's got 10 times as many Star Wars stories under his belt as George Lucas does, which is insane. Look, with his new. With his new title and power, I'm just hoping we get that Rebels spinoff that's been rumored multiple times where we yeah. can finally figure out what happened to Ezra and Thrawn and things and like Thrawn. that. 
Yeah, because, oh, that was such a cool ending. Yeah. But, yeah, like, yeah, a, a continuation of the Rebel story would be awesome, which, I mean, just the, like, for the Rebels fans, just the little Easter egg that they put at the start of the first episode of the Bad Batch was fantastic because the Padawan in the first episode of Bad Batch was Caleb Doom. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Willie's like, this is Star Wars. I don't care that much. Apologies, Willie. We'll, mo- <laughs> we'll move on to a topic you do care more about potentially. I don't know. Willie, do you like the Highlander movie? Ooh, I know where this is going. Well, and I'm excited for Highlander now. And do you also like Henry Cavill? Mm-hmm. Why do you think I like Highlander now? Well, then I have some good news for you guys. Deadline reported this week that Henry Cavill is in talks to be the top-line member of the cast for Lionsgate's upcoming Highlander reboot, which will be led and directed by J- by a Chad Stileski, who did John Wick 2 and John Wick 3. Hmm. This could be fun. There hasn't been any details as to what specific role he's going to play. Is he going to be Connor McCloud? He's going to be a different character. It is a reboot of Highlander, so they could potentially have someone exist outside of Connor McCloud that they sent her on. Who knows? But it could be pretty interesting. I'm curious yeah. to see where they go. Yeah, they just need to change the entire story of Highlander <laughs> to make it, you know, they don't good. They need to change the entire story. All they have to do is skip the second movie. Well, that's what they started doing after the second movie. And they need I to mean, reference the TV series at some point in time, too. No, they don't. <laughs> uh, it is interesting, though. It's probably a safe bet that this isn't going to happen anytime soon because uh, Chad Stileski is still under wraps to do John Wick Chapter 4, which I still think they're finishing up things on right now. So we're probably a ways out from it happening, and they still have to announce more cast. And, oh, yeah, Henry Cavill's a bit busy, too, because he's... Geralt of Rivia. He's going to be uh, Sherlock Holmes in the upcoming Enola Holmes sequel after he reprises the role from the first movie that Netflix had. And there were rumors, and it has not been confirmed, that he may cameo somehow in the next Mission Impossible movie also. Even though I'm pretty sure he's dead, so I'm not sure how that's going to work unless it's a flashback. He's He's dead? I thought they killed him in Mission Impossible 6. Oh, I thought you meant Henry Cavill was dead. No, I did not mean that Henry Cavill is dead. Good, because I was wondering how they're going to use the dead guy to you know, play a Highlander. Well, haven't you seen some of the most recent Star Wars stuff where Peter Cushing was brought back to life? Puppets. They're going to turn him into a puppet. They're going to do a Muppet a version puppet. of Highlander. Ooh, Meat Puppets. That's a good band. Muppet, Henry Cavill. I want to see it. There you go. I'd watch it. So Henry Cavill, going to be super busy. Going to be adding another role to his nerd <laughs> resume. So the guy is now Superman. He is now Geralt of Rivia. He's a the super witch, spy yeah. Mission Impossible. And in theory, could be one of the McClouds from Highlander. <laughs> Dude's got a solid geek cred. Where's season two of Witcher? That's all I want. That's all Didn't I care about. Didn't they announce, like, go, let's put it I out. I thought they announced a release date for it, or did I miss it? It's been over a year. We well, need it now. Willie, there was kind of a pandemic that delayed filming. Yeah. Yes. I think they just Don't filmed, my just filming real life. What was it last month that he tweeted that photo of the, the clapper board for like the last, the, the end of filming? I think it was just last month or two months ago. So yeah, they're still in post. Yeah. Computers are still rendering. I get it. Supposedly yeah. sometime in 2021 will be Witcher season two, but not June is what I'm reading on this uh, story from a Netflix blog that covers Netflix uh, shows pretty heavily. See, Henry Cavill's doing good, but he's still got a long way to go to catch up to Jeffrey Dean Morgan. 
Nobody has more geek cred than Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Mark Hamill. Not character-wise. Yeah, he just has the one role. He's, no, he has two roles, but it's oh, two yeah, you're right, you're a right, lot. Right. Well, he's also the Hobgoblin. He's also... I'm pretty sure if you go role for role, I think Jeffrey Dean Morgan's got it. It's possible. Dude, he's the comedian. He's Negan. He's Thomas Wayne, who also is then the voice of the uh, Flashpoint Batman. So he actually got to be Batman. Like you go all the way back to the Losers show. He's the he's John Winchester. Oh, he's movie. the son of the fifteen season long Supernatural boys. Like is Supernatural based on a comic book? No, I no. said geek cred. I didn't say comic book. I said geek cred. And believe me, any show that runs fifteen years, there's some geekiness involved. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> uh, the Young and the Restless. But remember, also Mark Hamill is now Skeletor, also. Guiding oh, that's true. Life. Yeah, he is the new Skeletor, <laughs> and he's an invincible. Yeah, he has art. Mark Hamill is awesome. I would like to see those two guys in a room having a conversation about anything. And supposedly he's going to be in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, Mark Hamill is supposedly. That's a rumor. It hasn't been confirmed, but it all ties into that whole interaction that he and James Gunn had online about, "Hey, I'd love to do a movie with you." And then they met for coffee and all sorts of stuff like that. Because I guess he lives just down the street from Mark Hamill. How awesome would it be if they painted him gold and made him fucking Adam Warlock? That'd be pretty cool. People would lose their shit if fucking Mark Hamill showed up as the greatest, as the ultimate creation from the golden people. He was born looking like Mark Hamill does now. That's the way he was born. Yep, born perfect. Just born perfect. But that is my news story. The fact that uh, we are getting a Highlander reboot presumably with Henry Cavill in the lead role, which means I'll be interested in seeing it because as it is right now, if Henry Cavill's attached to something, I go, Hey, I'm probably going to be interested in it yeah. because the man's pretty damn good actor. And most of the stuff he's done, I've gone, Hey, I had fun with that. Yeah. I mean, even in bad movies, he's still entertaining. And I actually loved him in Enola Holmes. He was so good as the Sherlock in that. And I will say the man from uncle is actually a really good movie and they should have gotten more of yeah. those. And Cavill was fantastic in it. Yeah. It was a solid film. Yeah. Well, plus, when he plays Sherlock, he actually gets to use his accent. He doesn't have to pretend to be American. That's true. <laughs> I mean, he did give us reloading arms. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's the guy that reloaded his arms and beat up Tom Cruise. How could he beat that? He's awesome. Wait, did he? Well, yeah, in that, thought... scene, in that scene, he whoops Tom Cruise's ass. I thought he was fighting with Tom he Cruise. He was fighting with Tom Cruise in that one, I yeah. thought. I've never seen the movie, but I thought I got that from the scene I saw. I, I can't. thought he fought him later. Yeah, it was uh, him it, and Tom Cruise fighting against ago. some other dude. I can't remember. Yeah, they were fighting against a crime boss or something like that to get some kind of information. All I don't right. think they it's fought until... In a bathroom. Yeah, that was before they revealed that Henry Cavill was a bad guy. At that point in time, he was big still... big-ass public restroom. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Well, public restrooms that have to have giant fight sequences in them tend to be extremely large. Yeah. Why do they have to? <laughs> to move the cameras around. <laughs> <laughs> Why are there cameras there? Uh, to make movies fun on the internet. Because people creepy. will buy anything. I thought it was made for theaters. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Willie, do you got news for us this week? Sadly, I do. All right, Willie. I'm gonna, I don't think you want I'm going to throw things to the uh, the zen-like Mr. Nelson. One second. Let me just... Uh... Okay, we're going to let the zen-like Mr. Nelson get his smokes in before he has a nick fit to ruin his zen. But Mr. Nelson, in your state of zen, please share with us your news of the week. 
Yeah, I got some news. I don't think anyone's going to like it, though. I mean, unless... Do you like ads? No. Generally, no. Uh, generally, no. Well, I mean, uh, Ford has announced... Or, no, Ford didn't announce this. They just slyly put up a patent for uh, your in-vehicle cameras to pick up billboards and to pick up something from the billboards and put it on your information display inside your car. That is the gist of it. They put out a patent for it, so it's not in anything right now. It's, I guess, to future-proof themselves. But more ads while you're driving. Does that sound fun to you? It depends on how they implement it. So part of what's going on here is everyone is sort of copying the Tesla model now, which is put a giant touchscreen in the center console for navigation and various other things there. And if you've seen Ford's latest electric vehicle, the Mustang Mach-E, which is actually a pretty sweet looking vehicle, brief aside there, they have a giant touchscreen in the center of it that then ties into the navigation. So my understanding when I'd skimmed this earlier was that, like Willie said, it would be able to recognize a code, be it a QR code or something, broadcast exterior to the vehicle, and then be able to, in theory, push some kind of, not necessarily like a video ad, but some kind of notification or something to your navigation screen. Depending on how they implement it, I don't know that it's terrible, if they implement it, so it's kind of like a little toaster notification in the top right-hand corner that kind of drops down to be like, hey, you're near National Monument XYZ that could be interesting. It's not to say they'll use it for monuments. They'll probably use it for, hey, Burger King two miles away, things like that. Here's a Whopper. I mean, and it's easier to do, too, because if you look at most modern cars now, they're all internet connected. So they can do GPS navigation, get updates on uh, road statuses and things like that. Like all of these new vehicles you're seeing, especially the electric vehicles that have those massive infotainment screens, they all have a cellular modem in them of some kind to allow for remote start, map updates, things like that. So in theory, it sort of makes sense how they could do it. I don't know that you'd be able to actually do it because you have to deal with distracted driving laws and things like that. And the first time someone wrecks their car because they got distracted by the notification that came up from an ad that popped up for Burger King or Wendy's or insert whatever uh, name here popped up and caused them to wreck their car. Well, and as we know from Hulu, the fucking ads are always 10 times louder than the show you're watching. Well, so you got your little voice telling you to turn left at the next intersection and then, bam! Some assholes screaming at you about buying Tylenol. So I don't know that uh, I don't know that they would be implementing it so that it's actually like yelling things at you or things like that. My understanding of it was it would be display-based kind of things because that's a whole different level of distracted driving. There, you have a problem that you all of a sudden yeah. have a noise come up over your car speakers that you're not expecting. You're going to freak out. You're going to jerk the wheel. You're going to be looking around trying to figure out what's going on. I don't think you could do that. I think there will be auto safety issues that come into play. But if you have something that appears on the navigation screen, that's not too different than what we're seeing nowadays. Let's let's use the hypothetical here. If you use Waze to drive around, which I use all the time, you get pop-ups that'll say, hey, police detected ahead, or hey, road work ahead, or similar things like that. In theory, I guess you could do ads based off that model. I just, I don't see it working out very well unless they're very restrained in how they use it, because... There's going to oh, be a lot we know of the commercials are great at being restrained. <laughs> you know, I mean, again, I don't think they're going to be playing like full commercials on there or anything like that. I think we're talking like a splash screen or yeah. a notification of something coming up. 
it's gonna get annoying first, then it'll probably get better. Yeah, because again, all, what all I know is no regulations, is, then all regulations. Well, just nothing has ever been improved by adding commercials to it. We all know this. Adding ads to anything has never made anything better. So I think we touched on it in pre-show, and I don't hate the sponsored stuff that appears in Waze from time to time. And for those that aren't familiar with what Waze is, it's a product owned by Google now. It's basically Google Maps that allows for users to report road issues or police ahead or things like that. And it's kind of crowdsourced data as you're driving. But they also have sponsored locations that show up when you're driving. And how that works is you'll see a logo of something along the map that depicts where it is on that map if it's a sponsored location. I don't think that's overly intrusive. And at the same time, I think it's almost helpful if you're like, if you look over and like, oh, let's say sponsored location is McDonald's, one showing up coming up down the road, you could click on it and redirect to it there. And I see benefit there and it's not really forcing you to take an action. You you see that it's there and then you can make a determination. As I haven't used ways, how, but that doesn't that doesn't sound bad. Yeah, it like depends the on how the location model. That doesn't sound yeah. bad. It depends, and that sounds like what Willie was describing here is that it's going to be doing these ads based off of location or it being instructed to serve something to someone on where they are. So it's not like you're going to be driving down the street listening to your podcast about let's say AEW wrestling, and then all of a sudden it's going to bring a pop up ad on screen for AEW Dynamite on Wednesday nights. I don't think that is the description of what oh, they're trying no, to do. Oh no, it's going to be picking up from billboards yeah so it's gonna be using your in camera your cameras on your vehicle to pick up billboards is what they patented for particularly yeah so then we'll just get apps for all of our all of our uh, cars that then block ads (laughs) i'll say so then we just get pieces of black electrical tape to cover up those stupid fucking cameras well depending on how you use those cameras that's a bad idea Because, for instance, I have a Subaru Outback right now, which uses those cameras to do, like, its adaptive cruise control. If I cover those, the cruise control won't work, and then it will constantly think I'm about to run into something. It will keep slamming the brakes on, which would be bad for me. (laughs) That could could be bad, yes. Cameras in cars looking ahead are very helpful, I've come to find, once I had a car with those in there. Because having adaptive cruise control is great. I get in the lane, I set my speed for 75, and if someone ahead of me is going 73, the car slows me down and keeps me the distance I set between cars. And then when I hit my turn signal and go around, speeds me back up to what I set it to. It's it's pretty great, the adaptive cruise control. Yeah, I like being in control. I mean, it's the same as regular cruise control, only it keeps you from slamming into someone's back end or having to hit the thumb down button to yeah. slow down. This is not the car making steering decisions and things like that. It is just adjusting the speed. I have a hard time with my car has a lane keep assist and I turn it on and I feel like I'm constantly having the car just do minor adjustments. So it's kind of just jerking around a little bit and I didn't like it. And I felt like it hugged the center line more than I liked. So I never use my lane keep assistant on my car. Cause I just don't. Oh, like yeah. it. I don't know. That one terrifies me because it's all based on whether or not the, the freaking uh, the lanes are painted well on your local freeway. <laughs> like if the roads well, under construction, partially like you, that thing doesn't work for shit. Partially. It's also based on the car ahead of you. So it tracks yeah. the car ahead of you and then looks for the lanes. And if, the lanes go away. I think it bases off of trying to stay centered on the car ahead of you is its logic. And it doesn't keep control. If it can't keep sight of it, it'll actually beep and disable it. Mm. And you're also Uh, supposed to keep your hands on the steering wheel too. When it's doing that. I'd say I've probably driven more than anyone else here. I've I've noticed something, what people tend to do while driving. They ever see like a line of cars 
the front car will kind of move to, you know, kind of move to the, closer to one line, and then the other car behind it will move the same way, and then the car behind it will move. It's like all, for some reason, they all follow that. It's weird. Because people are doing a lot of their tracking based off the car ahead of them instead of the lines on the road, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people are. I sure. mean, I mean, how many times have you just zoned out while driving down the highway? And mm-hmm. you're like, Jesus, how did I get here? I don't even remember the last five miles. I remember, they had, like, not remembering every time you drive home. Muscle memory uh, kicks in, man. Yeah. Autopilot. The actual autopilot where you just let your brain do it without thinking about it. I mean, that's why, in part, that I make sure that I have ways up and things like that so that. This is not to say that I consciously zone out, but we're human beings. We're creatures of nature. If you do something enough times, it becomes repetitive and you probably don't pay as close attention as you should. Part of why I run it, the ways in there, is so that I can know if there's an accident coming up. I can know if there's a slowdown coming up. I can know if there's police coming up. So I'll get a notification a couple miles beforehand or whatever. And be like, oh, crap. Okay, good. And it kind of puts you outside your norm, for lack of a better term. I'm, I'm a huge huge proponent of people using like Apple Maps, Google Maps, Waze, or something like that when driving. I think it's incredibly helpful. I do like my Google Maps. It works pretty good around Boise. Yeah. And that that's my TED Talk. Thanks Waze to drive around just where you already know how to get places? Sometimes. Depends on the de- it depends on how traffic is and things like that because it can reroute me around it. And it depends on if it is a police-heavy weekend because people will report things on there. So I'll know what to go around. Yeah, or no wind to had, correct my speed. We haven't had snow in like three years, really, here in Idaho. So it's been construction season right. basically nonstop for like the last three years. <laughs> yeah, there's three different construction things now between where I am and my work. It's a 16 minute drive. There's three different intersections that I go through. They're all under construction. Yeah. If I have to go back to the office, I'm going to be driving through two different construction zones, one of which is supposed to take five years to widen the interstate to six lanes. So I was like, oh, well, God. this is going to be a nightmare. Six lane interstate. Yeah, that's yeah. The, that takes a damn long time for them to do. Yeah. That's why it's like five or six years worth of construction. They're just starting on now. Have you seen the way those awesome motherfuckers do that shit in Japan? No, but I'm sure it's more efficient than however we do it. There's a video of them putting in like a new like underpass tunnel, and they did it in a night. Well, one thing to keep in mind is they also have a lot <clears throat> less infrastructure they have to maintain and update too. So it's yeah, a lot easier it, to be able to pull just, things off like that. It was the idea like they literally showed a stop motion video. Someone had it on Twitter where like in a 24 hour period, or not even 24 hour, a 12 hour period. So like as the sun was setting, they closed the road tore it up, pulled out the old, you know, whatever overpass was there, installed the new one, laid the road back on top of it, repaved it, and then, like, before the sun came up, traffic was going again. And, like, it was a crew of, like, 80 fucking guys. So instead of having four people out there with one person working and three people watching, like we normally have here at most construction sites, it was 80 fucking people just busting ass for, like, 10 hours straight, and the fucking thing was done. I was like, holy shit, that is impressive. Yeah. I wish we could pull things off like that. But you almost have to do that when you're talking about city-based kind of stuff to minimize impacts, Mm -hmm. especially some of those Japanese cities. Because if you shut down one of those main roads for an extended period, you just won't be able to get people in and out of town. I mean. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's so many people in such a small area. (laughs) Side note, I really want to go to Japan one day and go video game hunting. 
Like I've watched a bunch of these like YouTubers to, and stuff. I just wanted to go to Japan just to go to Japan. Well, I do. I want to do that too. But like go and watch some of those folks like Metal Jesus Rocks or like beat em ups that went and did like their Japanese video game hunts. They look like they're so much fun. I would love to do like a day or two in Japan hunting video games in between like doing all the rest of the other stuff. I would love to do it. Language barrier concerns me a little bit because I, I would not be yeah. able to learn Japanese. I think I would like to go and like, you know, check out some of the toy stores and comic book stores, yeah. but then also check out some of the like the like the bootleg wrestling stores. Yes, because they got wrestling T-shirts in Japan for everything. I also want to go see a new <laughs> Japan show if I go to Japan, because, hey, why not? That, yeah. It would, it would also be cool, like, the way that they've talked about it. Like, I mean, it's kind of seen it in videos and stuff, but, like, the way the Japanese audience reacts to wrestling is mm. so different than American culture. Like, it would be cool to be, like, in the Tokyo Dome and see a wrestling match there to see how, like, just to actually see the audience as much as to see the wrestling. Yeah. To see how they actually react to it because they they culturally act to wrestling storytelling differently than we do. Yeah. Uh, that's just one of those things. I was, I was like, I'd love to do that one day, but not anytime soon, especially – not now or in the middle of a pandemic and not soon yeah. because they're getting the Olympics there. Assuming they don't postpone them again. So everyone will be in Japan. Uh, side note, the Olympics should get postponed again or just canceled. And We're not out of the pandemic yet. Yeah. Postponed wouldn't be bad. It's already been know, postponed canceled. a year though is the problem for the summer. That's Olympics. Oh uh, yeah. It would be weird, but I mean, you have to cancel one set of every four years and then yeah, wait the full four years and then come back and do the next one. It kind of sucks for the whatever town started building infrastructure for the Olympics, though, for the Olympics to then not show up. True. Because then they're doing the investment and not getting the payoff. That's true. I don't know. I, I don't know. The human cost seems to outweigh the economic cost to me here. I have concerns. Well, neither here nor there. This isn't really the appropriate it, venue to talk about the politics and science behind the Olympics in Japan. It was just a random side note. <laughs> We're in a venue. I was in, I thought I was in my house. That is a venue, a venue for Williism. Oh, we are random side notes. We are Sorry. random side notes, and these are our adventures. Uh, speaking of, <laughs> let's toss things over to Mister Bachman for his news. All right, we got two little things. So uh, I talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Kyle Higgins was doing a 30th anniversary Dark Hawk one shot, uh, which came out was pretty cool. It was, uh, it was called uh, the Heart, the Heart of the Hawk, I think. Uh, Apparently did really well because we have an IGN article from uh, Jesse Sheedon saying that uh, the new Darkhawk series to debut a brand new version of Marvel's Cosmic Teen Hero. Uh, so this article is from the 19th, uh, just gives a kind of basis about Darkhawk and what's going on. And it says uh, the new series will be written by Kyle Higgins, Minor Motion Power Rangers and Radiant Black, who, yeah, if you're not reading Radiant Black, it's a fantastic book. Uh, will be drawn by Juanan Ramirez. I think it's Juanan because his name's Juan and then another A-N. So I guess it's Juanan? I don't Not one I pronounced before, yeah. Uh, who's uh, worked on Web of Venom with a new character designed by Pepe Larraz from House of X and covers by Eben Coella, who also worked on Venom. Uh, and then rather than focus on Chris Powell, as the past Dark Heart comics have, the series will see the mantle pass to a new character named Connor Young. In the Heart of the Hawk one-shot that Kyle Higgins just did a couple, uh, like last month, I think it was, uh, you actually see the end of Chris Powell, and all that's left of him fighting this like evil entity is the crystal. And so apparently in the new Dark Hawk story, we're going to get the introduction of a new character named Connor Young, who will get the amulet and become the new uh, leader of the Raptors, the, the Dark Hawk for a new generation. And 
the the new uh, design by um, Pepe Larraz is freaking badass looking. There's all these kind of like almost like inlaid LEDs built into the armor. That's uh, cool. The gauntlets look way cooler. And it's got uh, what used to be a metal claw. Now looks like it's going to be made out of energy. Just uh, the preview artwork on the IGN article we'll, we'll have in the show notes is just fantastic. Uh, let's see. And then, yeah, and all of this is happening with the 30th anniversary. And then uh, the article basically just goes on to talk about all the cool stuff that Kyle Higgins wants to do with it. All the representation of, you know, pulling from Super Sentai, from Kamen Rider, from Ultraman. Darkhawk is, you know, body swap. And so they can do all of that same type of storytelling, which, I mean, I know Chris is a huge fan of the Power Ranger stuff Kyle Higgins did. I'm loving the new Radiant Black stuff. Like the guy, the guy does good with superheroes and he definitely does good with superheroes where they basically turn into like a badass character and like that's going to work for Darkhawk. So the new book, uh, see, I don't know if I had a release date on here yet. I didn't recall seeing a release date. No, no side release note, date it's yet. Kyle Higgins writing it. So I'm automatically interested. Yeah. And so, yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll be good. And yeah, I mean, the artwork already out for uh, the, the first cover by Ivan Coelho looks amazing. So yeah, it's going to be you know more more space adventures with the new character, new design, and you know we don't seem to be getting new uh, another new Warriors book anytime soon. But at least we're getting more Darkhawk, so like it's kind of giving me you know the '90s vibe that I missed from some of my comics. And yeah, I have been digging um, the Radiant Black. So yeah, Kyle Kyle Higgins, like if he's writing a superhero, I'm at least going to be interested enough to check it out. So this this will be a book that'll be getting added to my pull list too because I think I own. I'm not positive. I think I own every Dark Hawk comic there is. Nice. I think I, I'm pretty sure I got all of them in the 90s. So, like, Dark Hawk was a character that was coming out and was really cool, like, as I was getting into comics and buying my own comics, like the New Warriors. So, yeah, another another uh, another uh, 90s character getting a, getting a revamp, getting a retrofit, getting a new modern design. And, yeah, the, the Pepe Raz designs just look really cool. They got some really uh, detailed, up-close artwork of some of his sketches on the uh in the IGN article and they just look fucking badass. And then uh we had another uh one little side piece of information that'll lead into what I've been into because I found this article earlier and thought it was just hilarious. Uh from the Hollywood reporter, Zack Snyder and Netflix spent millions adding Tignataro to Army of the Dead. So me and the girlfriend watched Army of the Dead Saturday night because hey it's Dave Batista and it's a zombie movie. Why the hell not? And I talk a lot of shit about Zack Snyder. But his Dawn of the Dead is one of the greatest film remakes of all time. When the guy who invented zombie movies watches your remake of his zombie movie and says, that's a good zombie movie, you're doing something right. And George Romero, like, gave a double thumbs up to Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. So you can't go wrong with that. But it said, uh, the husband-wife movie-making duo of Zack and Deborah Snyder said it was a fairly easy choice to remove the scandalous Chris D'Elia from this picture. Because apparently Chris D'Elia was the helicopter pilot originally in Army of the Dead. And I guess they did reshoots with Tig where she never actually met anybody and wasn't on set with anybody. But they pulled all the Chris D'Elia footage out of the movie and replaced her, replaced it with Tig Notaro. And it's just hilarious because Tig's, Tig's a great comedian. If you haven't seen Tig Notaro stand up, Tig's fucking hilarious. And is a very unique comedian. Like, has a very different outlook on the world, has some really cool comedy, some great stand-up. And when they put her in here, like, in the, you know, it's like doing the right thing of someone that, you know, has some controversy uh, 
As in the article they put out, last summer, Delia was accused by multiple women of sexually harassing underage girls. In February, the comic actor posted a video on his YouTube page saying, I do have a problem, but maintained he did nothing illegal. And Delia was uh, dropped by CAA amid the scandal, which was his uh, representation agency. Uh, for those that don't know, apparently, I, I want to say it was on an episode of The Fighter and the Kid. He was talking with his uh, one of his comedian friends, and like the big reveal was somebody said, "Oh yeah, you know, like shit like that doesn't get deleted. You can pull stuff. You can pull up, you know, Snapchats." And on camera, you said, "Crystal Lee, go wait, what?" <laughs> and apparently, like everything just came out of that. Oh, like geez. he didn't. He didn't realize that, like, the shit he was Snapchatting to possibly, like, underage women at his shows was, like, problematic. So, yeah, not good. But then on the upside of this thing, what we got uh, in the article here was hilarious. That uh, Nataro, who plays helicopter pilot Marion Peters in the film, said in April she was taken aback by the response from the first trailer, which resulted as her trending as, quote, unquote, sexy AF. <laughs> and says... Uh, guess on the Tonight Show, the comic actor said then, so much has changed, Jimmy. It's really been nuts around here since I was trending for being sexy AF. I didn't even know what AF was, to be <laughs> honest. My friends were texting me images of Twitter like, you're trending for being badass and sexy AF. And I was like, what is that? And then the brother just says, AF is social media's shorthand for as fuck. <laughs> so yeah, Tick Nataro's in it. She's fucking hilarious. Her scenes, like... There's a couple of scenes, and I mean, now I guess it makes more sense, like, when they go to hire her for the crew, they, they're they literally talking to Tignataro through a fence, and so the shots are looking at Dave Bautista and the other actress that's with him, and then the camera does a 180, and you're looking just at Tignataro. Okay. And so, now that I'm thinking back on it, there's really only one scene where it feels like Tig was supposed to be in the room with Dave Bautista, and even then... It's a camera angle looking down at Tig's face like you're looking from Dave Batista's eye line. And mm -hmm. so he's not in the shot. All right. As, that would work. Yeah, then. So, yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, there's no scene where she's like literally standing next to him. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I guess Tig's not really in any of the actual. That's so fucking weird. I need to watch that. Yeah. I haven't gotten to it yet. Yeah, it's I mean, it's it's Zack Snyder. It's a zombie film. There's. You know, they're they're fucking with the zombie mythos again, trying to change things, throw a little, you know, little twist in it. Um, but I will just say there's there's a new version of a zombie something that I don't think anybody's seen before in a movie. And it's worth watching just for that. I won't spoil what it is. I'm just going to say it's a zombie something. And it's interesting as fuck. But yeah, it's it's a cool start to the movie. It's got, you know, the outbreak, the way everything starts, like it makes sense. And then it's funny because what you actually end up seeing in like the intro of the movie is what we would normally see as a zombie movie like happens and ends and the threat is nullified and then this movie starts. And so it's it's a really cool setup because it's not the film you expect it to be. And then when you see the premise as you're watching the film, you're like, oh, okay, I get it. I know what's going to happen here. And yeah, it was really interesting. Super entertaining. And yes, bunch Dave Batista and a bunch of people run around popping zombie heads. Like I mean, it was great. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's on my list. I just haven't gotten to it yet. The nice thing is it's Netflix. So it'll be there forever because they made it. Exactly. And yeah, and, uh, as well as Tig, uh, also Omari Hardwick from uh, uh, the TV show Power, the 50 Cent uh, show. 
the guy who plays Ghost on that, the lead in that, is one of the main characters in this, and he's fucking fantastic in this movie. Nice. It was really fun seeing him play something other than Ghost, because like he's great on that show. I'm like four seasons into Power, but like it's great to see him play just a totally different character and have a lot of fun with it, because he's just a crazy dude with a uh, not a chainsaw, but one of those like uh, saw blades that you use to cut through like stone and shit. Like, he uses to cut through, like, marble countertops. He's, like, using those to cut through zombies. Yeah, fun shit. It was a good movie. It was entertaining. I enjoyed it. We had fun with it. So It's on my list. Will, are you going to watch yeah. this one, too? I'm interested in it. The man who uh, made one of the best Superman movies of all time. Why not? I can tell how interested Willie is by the excitement in his tone of voice. Uh-huh. I'm sorry you're feeling my zen. I never told you you could. <laughs> That's inappropriate. Oh, Chris is feeling you. He's feeling you all right. Well, that does wrap up the news of the week for this week's installment of the show. As we finish that up, we wrap up the show with a little segment called What I'm Into, our chance to share with you guys who are watching live or listening at a later date the kind of geeky and nerdy things we've been getting into so that you may just want to go check them out yourselves. I'll kick things off because mine's pretty simple. I have been playing the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I am... What shock 22, 23 hours into mass effect one right now. I'm getting close to the end. I'm doing the Vermeer mission right now, which means I have one big mission after that. So I'm close to wrapping that up. If you guys thought I had spent too much time playing it, you have not met my wife who is just now starting the suicide squad, the suicide mission on mass effect two, as I came down to record this. Oh, I thought you said the suicide squad show uh, yeah. game has came out. No, so she has almost beaten the first two games in a week. Now, granted, we've both played through the Mass Effect series multiple times. But uh, yeah, we've been playing a lot of that around the house here. Other stuff I've been getting into, of course, I watched my uh, Wednesday Night Dynamite on TNT, but not on TNT for much longer because I guess AEW Dynamite is moving to TBS starting sometime in 2022. And they will also be getting a new show on Friday nights as well. So there'll be... Uh, two different shows of live wrestling on TBS, which I think is pretty cool for folks that are wrestling fans. And they will still be doing four super card shows on TNT a year. Basically TNT got an NHL contract, which meant that between the NHL and NBA, it's tougher to have Wednesday nights open for dynamite. So they pushed them over to TBS. It sounds like, and then they made more money when it was all happening too, because they renegotiated the contract, I guess. So congrats to everyone that is an AEW fan or involved in all elite wrestling, which I'm pretty sure there's nobody that's involved in AEW that's watching this. But if you are, thanks for doing it. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, I don't watch you, but yeah, thank you for doing it. It entertains a lot of people. <laughs> it is quite entertaining. It does entertain oh, wait, me. So, wait, which nights is it going to be on TBS now? It will still be on. And they're going to move from TNT at 8 p.m. Eastern to TBS at 8 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday nights. Nothing is going okay, to change so except the channel they're on. And then okay. they get a new show on Friday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern. A one-hour okay. show they're going to have called AEW Rampage. That's Friday nights. Isn't SmackDown on Friday nights? It is right after SmackDown, based off the timing <laughs> they did. Okay, okay. Which I imagine you can look at that and go, oh, I know why you're doing this, because people are like, I want to watch more wrestling. Let me just change the channel to TBS yeah, and watch more wrestling. Smart. But well, you know, they did because didn't WWE move NXT because they kept losing in the ratings war? Yeah, they moved it to Tuesday nights. So we're now at a point now where Monday night is Raw, Tuesday night is NXT, Wednesday night is uh, 
brain fart AEW Thursday Dynamite. night I think is when Impact Wrestling airs, but I'm not 100 yeah. percent sure on that. Then Friday night is SmackDown slash Rampage. So five mm. nights a week during the week of uh, wrestling. You can watch professional wrestling. That is a lot of wrestling. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that is a good thing. And I don't want to get into any of like the brand wars or anything like that. Because there's some people that I love only this one. I hate all their things. I don't care about that. If you're a fan of wrestling, you now mm-hmm. can, in theory, watch five straight nights a week of wrestling. Live wrestling. Man stories. It's soap operas for dudes. Yep. It's soap operas with punching. That's all it is. It's redneck anime. <laughs> there you go. It just makes me think of the South Park episode about professional wrestling every time, and I laugh. God, I haven't thought about that. That's such a great description, this red, <laughs> redneck anime. It's a never-ending story with the same characters re, repackaged over and over again. That <laughs> is, this redneck anime. It is true, but it works, and I really enjoy it, and I'm excited to be able to watch more live wrestling content. And yeah. honestly, I'm just going to keep playing Mass Effect right now is my plan. I, I did sprinkle some Bioshock in there from time to time because I'm still replaying Bioshock How Infinite. many times have you played through Mass Effect? Do you Mass Effect know? 1, only a couple times before. Because Mass Effect 1, while I enjoyed the story, the gameplay, even with the remaster, is still kind of clunky. Mass Effect 2, it's double digits easily. Mass Effect 3 is double digits also. I could not tell you the number of times Damn. I've done it. But you played through both I love more than games. ten times. Probably, yeah. yeah. That's that's well, a lot. It was of my go-to comfort game. In all honesty, like if I didn't, nice. if I wanted to play something, or I just wanted to kind of go to an old familiar thing because I was just in a bad mood or cranky or upset, those were safe games I could go to, and they're immersive enough. This is Bioware at its peak when it comes to storytelling, the Mass Effect trilogy, that yeah. you can lose yourself in that story for a while. So if something shitty's going on in real life. You go and play that for a while, and you get to be someone else in a completely different world. It's, it's uh, fun. As someone with over 400 hours of No Man's Sky, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. Speaking of No Man's Sky, that wrapped up what I'm getting into. Did you get the SSV Normandy yet in No Man's Sky? I haven't logged in yet, but I will be grabbing one as soon as I log in, possibly today. It is only I've available been playing through... Other- I've been playing some other stuff. It is only available through May 30th, from what I read, too. Oh, okay. So yeah. you have to grab one. You have to grab it by May 30th, plate. I believe. Okay. I might have to log into some Low Man's Sky today then and go go ship hunting. Yeah. For those that are unaware, before we push things over to Bachman's side here, uh, the game No Man's Sky kind of just stealthily dropped the news this week that, hey, you know how you can get frigates and stuff in here? We're including the SSV Normandy for Mass Effect 1. Congrats on the re-release. And everyone was like, holy shit, this is awesome. So the Normandy is now in No Man's Sky. Which, yeah, I mean, they, they do need to have some more, like, cool frigates. Because, yeah, yeah. They, that's something that they haven't really changed. They're, that game's had so many updates, and that's one of the few things that they haven't really done any changes since they added, like, the ability to have, like, 30 frigates. It does look pretty as hell, though. Just watching some of the video I've seen yeah. of the Normandy, and I'm like, man, you guys did a good job. And it is the SSV Normandy 1 from, excuse me, SSV 1 Normandy. So the one from the first Mass Effect game, not the SSV 2 that we got in Mass Effect 2 and 3 <laughs> after they blew up the. All right. So there's different versions of that ship already. Yes. Uh, the opening to Mass Effect 2, you die and your ship blows up. So uh, there's a new Normandy Spoilers. built. Spoilers. Uh, spoilers from a game from 2010. <laughs> the game's 11 years old. But I haven't played it yet. I'm waiting for the Legendary Edition to go on sale. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the best sale I found on it so far is 10 bucks off, but I don't know. It's it's a lot of content, and like I said, it's all of the DLC but one for all three games. It's worth it whenever you guys yeah. get the chance to play, especially That's if you like bad. Bioware RPGs. 
Well, that's why we're getting into Mr. Bachman. How about yourself? Ooh, uh, yeah. This. Watching and playing stuff. So, yeah. Uh, uh, girlfriend bought uh, Resident Evil Village. So, played through like the first hour and change of that. Um, it's got a god awful sequence. You start like in like the family home talking to the, the girl from the last game with your kid. You do this little stupid thing. Cutscene happens. There's a wreck. You wake up after a wreck. And then, like, you pick up a flashlight and go to walk through the woods, and it's that stupid shit where your character's flashlight will literally only shine at, like, the bottom 5% of the screen. And it's designed to where, oh, it's supposed to be spooky. What it is is it fucking makes you motion sick. It made her motion sick. It made me fucking (laughs) motion sick. Thankfully, the sequence, like, because I saw her do it. I saw, I watched uh, Markiplier do it on his YouTube. So, like, I'd seen it, and I went through, like, on my playthrough and, like, got through that sequence as fast as possible. Once you get past that stupid sequence, which I hate, all these fucking games need to knock that shit off. If your character has a flashlight, you should be able to move the fucking light source to where you can see what the hell is going on. If you if that somehow gets rid of the scariness, you fucking work on your scary. Like, quit fucking making people nauseous. But after that, when you actually get to the town part and the storyline actually like kicks in, it's really fucking pretty. Like, it's a damn pretty game. There's some great jump scares. The zombie, werewolf, vampire, creature things, whatever the fuck they are, are fucking terrifying. There's some good jump scares. There's some good fight sequences. There's giants. Like, it's all kinds of weird. But, yeah, only did, like, an hour of it. But, yeah, really enjoyed it. The 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 design work, the the village, the storytelling is all really cool. I'm actually looking forward to playing more of it. I was one of those people, I honestly, I wrote, I wrote off Resident Evil after, like, the first game because I hated the play controls. And so I never went back to that series. I've played none of them. And so I was like, ah, well, she bought this one. I'll give it a try. And yeah, put in, put a solid hour or so into it. Just got through, like, basically through the tutorial and into the start of the storytelling and actually meeting people in the game. And yeah, really enjoying it. So, like, it's it's a fun one. Um, then, yeah, I tried Jensen Impact because they made that one free to play on the PlayStation Network which is another uh, one of the big, massive uh, MMORPGs. That's, I think it's a Korean one. Really just crazy artwork, really cool design style. Really fun. It's like kind of fun and bubbly. Like, you know, it's like a, you know, like a Final Fantasy one. But I also thought it was funny that you start off the... It starts with storytelling of two gods attacking a third god, and basically one of them's going to get captured. So you have to pick which one you're going to play as, the boy or the girl. And like they're, you know, angelic looking, you know, kind of Asian RPG characters. And then once you choose one, you get to name them. And so I chose the boy and then I named him Buford because I don't know why, but I thought it was hilarious that this like angelic Asian looking character's name was Buford, but uh, it just worked. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun game. It's like, it seems to be one I'll enjoy when I go back to. But then, yeah, um, playing, you know, Dead by Daylight's been fucking wonky and shit and not, stuff not working on it. So that one's been kind of annoying. And I was going through all of my list of games and trying to figure out, I was like, well, I need to actually start finishing some of these. So Good luck, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did. I put in some solid time on Ghost of Shushima the other day and got another like three, four solid hours in. Finally got to where I had the zip, zip, zap ability where you can tag like three people and kill them all instantly. And then I fought off the Mongol horde that's like in the middle of the story where you get the ghost mode to where basically you hit L3, R3 on both controllers and your guy goes, die motherfuckers and all the mongols like run from you terrified and if you run up and hit any of them once the screen goes red and blood splashes everywhere and it just goes even extra kurosawa film so 
I got to that mode. And so, yeah, I think I'm like roughly halfway through the game. And so, yeah, been playing that and going back through and, yeah, doing all the little side quests, all the legendary stuff. Finally found, I think, the second to last suit of armor. And, like, just enjoying that one because I know I'm going to play through that one because I checked out another one, which I think this is what Willie was waiting for, where I finally started the Uncharted series, which I had never played. (laughs) And PlayStation had made it free, you know, four or five months ago, where it was the whole thing, like a remastered set. It's the the whole Nathan Drake collection, all three games. And... Only five. The Nathan Drake collection is the first three that was on the PS3. There is Uncharted is Four, is? which was made for the PS4. That was also free at some point in time as well. Okay, because yeah, I thought there was four games in this, but then when I open it up and you go to the screen, it lets you flip through three names of three games that you can play. So there's only three in this. Yeah, it one was the thing. it was the three that weren't available on the PS4. Okay, that were that's all what on the PS3. And also, there is a Vita game that has not been released anywhere else besides the Vita, and I played it and had a lot of fun with it, but it's not needed. But it is okay. very fun. Yeah, no. So I checked this out because, yeah, it's, it's, and it's basically, yeah, it's, it's Indiana Jones, it's Boy Tomb Raider, it's, you know, the Nathan Drake and Sully going on adventures, and then Sully gets shot, and then you crash a plane. Like, I think I put in, like, two hours, I finished, like, 20% of the first campaign, And it's definitely not bad. Like, it feels a little clunky. The artwork's a little outdated. It's like, well, this was made in 2007 or whatever, the first one. So it's like, okay, this will be fun because I know that as I'm playing this, each game progressively is going to get so much better because they're newer versions of the game. So, yeah. You know, put a couple hours into that. And, yeah, like, had a really fun time. I love the fact that there's, like, tomb puzzles that you solve by shooting stuff with your gun and just blowing shit up. I was like, well, this is a very, like, a different version of the Tomb Raider puzzle system. It's like, hey, we need to knock that thing down. Do we like swing a thing over and knock another thing into it? It's like, no, you just shoot the barrel next to it. It blows up and it falls down. <laughs> I was like, all right, that works. But yeah, had definitely had fun with it, like two hours into it, you know, finding all the little treasure and knickknacks all over the place. Uh, the controls definitely aren't too bad for a game as old as it is. Like, I had a little bit of trouble, like, just getting used to the aiming and shooting in it, just because, you know, it's a different play style. But it was definitely fun. I'm looking forward to playing through all three of those. But, yeah, so that's that's the plan now. So I'm going to finish Ghost of Tsushima. Then I'm going to do all three of those Uncharted's. And then after that, depending what's, you know, on deck next, it might be the Bioshock series because they give those to us on PlayStation as well, oh, and I haven't gone through those yet. So The, the whole collection, so it's Bioshock 1, 2, and Infinite? Yeah, it's one, yeah. two, and three. Yeah. yeah, we got that a while back. Yeah, yeah. so one yeah. is fantastic. Two is weird, and three is arguably the best in the series, I think. But that's my yeah. Opinion. I can't and, wait for you to start Uncharted two with how that starts out. Wait for you to see that. Willie, yeah, would so you kindly tell him more about Uncharted? <laughs> no, because I want him to be surprised. Uh, All right. But yeah, so basically, I have like seven games on deck to get through. So yeah, in between, whenever yeah. Whenever Dead by Daylight makes me angry or I don't want to mine rocks in No Man's Sky. I got plenty of storytelling games to go through. Sounds like other, it. Yeah. Other than that, I did. Um, I finished uh, Scout's Honor. Uh, David Peoples' uh, fifth uh, issue came out. Fantastic series. Can't wait for that to be in trade. Uh, Email David. He's like, yeah, I can't wait to hand that trade to people Like now that it's done. Really cool storyline. It's one of those. In a five-issue series, there's basically a twist that you kind of see coming and a twist that you in no way see coming. And like the fact that he got two twists that good in a five issue run of a comic book is just insane. Really well written. The artwork in it was fantastic. 
Uh, if you haven't read it yet, go pick up Scout's Honor. It's on Comixology. You can get it digitally or go go to your local shop and get it. Pick it up there. Oh, yeah. And then uh, wanted something funny. I've been watching, you know, Power and all these, you know, shows. We're, we're still working on getting through Jupiter's Legacy. We're watching Yellowstone Season 2. You know, all this, like, you know, drama and craziness. I was like, I just want something fun and stupid. Motherfucking MoDoc came out. And we, I watched the first two episodes last night. Watched episode two with the girlfriend. And we were both just giggling. It is some of the funnest dumb shit ever. Uh, Seth Green is one of the producers on it. So it's basically... Patton Oswald voicing Modoc, and you're seeing Modoc done as a as a show, uh, basically robot chicken style. So I mean, I'm intrigued. Yeah, it's a big dumb floating head that goes home and deals with his family, and he's got a wife and a kid, or a wife and two kids, and one of the kids is also a big dumb floating head just like him. So he has a daughter that's a floating <laughs> Modoc head, and then he has a son that just like looks like you no know, looks more like the mom, just like a normal human in this world. But it's yeah, it's him just fucking up running aim stupid shit there's some i can't remember what the name of the weird company is but there's like a, a google like company that basically buys aim from him in the first episode that's awesome and because he keeps fucking up all the businesses and losing money it's just ridiculously stupid it's pure comedy like if you need something done to laugh at go watch modok on hulu i think it's 10 episodes or 12 episodes they dropped all of it so it's all over there and yeah it's just pat oswald having a blast like and yeah him screaming stupid modok lines is going to be some of the funniest shit ever like i can't like we're going to be seeing a lot of like references to this show i have a feeling because some of it is just so stupid by the second episode he's already time traveling and fucking up his own existence <laughs> like it's great that's fantastic yeah. go go watch you some modok if you need if you need some if you need some funny go watch you some modok you won't regret it well mr nelson why don't you finish things up for us what you mean get into sir i've been playing some dead by daylight like usual been trying to get into Final Fantasy 15 finally, and uh, got a little bit into it. Just the tutorial. I didn't even start the story. Uh, so that hasn't been going too well. But I did play another round of Talisman, and that board game on PS4 is super fun. I cannot imagine. Ah, there's just so much content to it. Having played probably half of what they have to offer in it, and I'm just having a blast. But Talisman, if you like board games, you have a PS4, Switch. I'm thinking it's on Xbox, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, go look for it. They just added a bunch of DLC on the PS4. Yeah. Other than that... uh. I've really been watching anything new. Not that I know of. That's coming up. Why have I not watched anything new? This is troublesome. You've been busy, I guess. I guess so. I'm going to go back to being Zen. He is the most Zen of all Williams. You're the only William D. Nelson that's here. With that being said, I guess we are about ready to shut this thing down. It's been a pretty full, productive show. Uh, we've had some laughs. We've had some some fun hopefully we can do it again next week uh friendly reminder to everyone though we do stream this show live every sunday at 11 a.m eastern 10 a.m central over at www.geeks.live if you're there right now you can scroll down to the bottom of the page and see a calendar of all of our upcoming live events so please come check some of those out and have some fun with us that being said i guess this is 
where we wrap things up. Any final thoughts from you guys before we shut things? Thanks for coming by and listening to us ramble on. I really do appreciate it. Uh, I'm sure Chris and Bachman really appreciate it. And, uh, hey, you're special. You know that? I don't like Sincere Willie at all. I do not like this at all. <laughs> this is the Zen Willie. Zen Willie is creeping me out. It's creeping me out. All you gotta do is have a migraine and take a bunch of NyQuil to pass out from it. Well, there you and go. And you too can be like Willie Nelson then. <laughs> you too can be a Zen Willie. Imagine if I, imagine if I took too much Robitussin last night. The old Robitussin. Robo How much would I be tripping. then? Robo Willie. Would he be like? Yeah, I run on autopilot most of my life, so what's that's no different. <laughs> there you go. On that note, we are going to shut things down. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us, and please come back next week for more of our horse shit shenanigans. Until then, see you guys later. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to this brand new episode of the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast. Don't forget, we'll be back next Sunday live at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, over at live.atgnpodcast.com, channel 3 of the Alpha Geek radio app, and over at our network home at gunnageek.com slash live. If you have any feedback for the show, please contact us, atgnpodcast at gunnageek.com, on our hotline number at 304-806-ATGN, or even better, go to Twitter and send us a message at atgnpodcast. The music you've heard in this show is produced by Kevin McLeod and can be found at incompetech.com.